Hi, my name is Sarah Bross, and you are listening to My Network, the COVID-19 chapter. Over a glass of wine each week, I'm talking with friends in my inner circle and beyond to get a feel for how people are doing and what they are doing to get through this strange and complicated chapter. This podcast is about lives and careers and next steps to keep us moving forward. My first guest is Nicole Dietrichs in Santa Monica, California. Nicole is one of my very best friends. She is the hardworking COO of Cold Open, a graphic design agency that makes movie posters for your favorite movie and TV shows. Beyond just her career, Nicole is one of the most inspiring people I know. Whether it's a rescue dog, an elderly neighbor, or a struggling elementary school, she is donating her time and resources to help. She has a fantastic outlook on life, fueling optimism, and spreading generosity wherever she goes. Let's start. Roughly how long have you been staying at home now? Um, We started on Tuesday, March 17th. It was one of those things that I think everyone figured it was coming, and then all of a sudden, just based on, you know, like what Governor Newsom was saying and Mayor Garcetti and stuff that, um, you know, you just had to put things in place a little more quickly. Right. Because L.A. has, what, 4,000 cases and um, 78 people have died as of today, so that's where we're at. More, you know. um, how long have you been strictly following your stay-at-home guidelines, like you personally? Um, from the beginning, you know, I think that along the way, you have those moments where you're like, this is kind of surreal, and do I really need to do it? And then you see your surroundings as far as, like, you know, like when people put restrictions, like when restrictions are put in place, like everyone sort of like probably barter with themselves on how, like, are you a rule follower? Are you like, okay, I get it, but I want to do X, Y, and Z because that's uncomfortable to me. Um, And I'm more of a rule follower. So pretty, pretty strict from from the beginning. Um, I think a couple of things that really brought it home for me that kind of gave me the reality check is just like, um, you know, a friend of mine, whose husband is a captain of the LA County lifeguards and seeing what happened the first weekend at the beach, you know, mm-hmm. where there was like a zero social distancing. And then also too, like my family is in the healthcare business. So my brother runs seven hospitals and is totally on the front lines. My mom's a nurse. One of my other best friends is a nurse practitioner. And it just, I don't know. I think in those moments it becomes really real, really fast. And for me, it's just like, if everyone gets on board now, then hopefully we can get back to whatever our daily routines are quicker, you know, but the more that we lag or um, people don't fall in line or different states roll out things differently, then the longer it's going to take. Yeah. Makes sense. What things are you still going out for? Like what, what are your exceptions that you're allowing yourself to leave the house for? Oh, I mean, look, I live in a very, I have the golden ticket, as we know, like we both do. Um, Look, I mean, I live on a very community inclusive street in Santa Monica. And I think having a dog helps because when I go for a walk, I get to go for a walk by the beach or near the beach, you know, just depending on what the restrictions are. Um, And two, like, we're lucky to have great little restaurants and markets on Main Street. So most like going out would be for my dog's acupuncture and the groceries. Um, 
and then You're just still like getting your iced tea daily. Yeah, because Daisy gets a walk, and now Matt like Shoops has turned because they're a European market. He's also been selling his produce that he's been getting. So a lot of times we're just picking up stuff from him and now he's carrying eggs, you know, so I, he has just some key things. So then you don't have to go to any of the bigger grocery stores. Yeah, it just um, almost feels safer actually. Yeah. Cause it's close and it's across the street, you know, or it's like, if we do go to the grocery store, we've been going to like rediscovered Bob's market, which is awesome. Cause it's family owned, you know, and it's smaller. Um, and they have like, I don't know, you kind of figure out who has what. So Bob's markets meet, counter is like out of this world like they have everything you need and then Matt's has everything else and now a local restaurant is doing farm boxes so we're going to try that out to get citrus and vegetables um the farmer's market was open until this last Sunday but I think now they've closed all the farmer's markets because some of them were just getting too packed you know yeah, I saw which you get actually last weekend I saw photos of the Brentwood farmer's market and it looked like any other day day right and I think that's the thing I think it's just like for me it's like just give us the information let's all get on board and then give us a date to work towards right and then it's just going to make it easier for everyone because if not if you keep fighting it then it's just like I mean no one wants to be in a situation until like the end of the year yeah well if you can see the end in sight you can plan for that that makes you know that makes the whole thing easier digestible and I think too like if they even if they keep moving the date it's at least like I felt better once Mayor Garcetti was like okay April 19th is the magical date because first of all I was like great it's three days before my birthday so everyone will be out of quarantine for my birthday which is very important but then secondly it's just like something to work towards right like everyone does better with deadlines um whether they have to move it fine but at least right now it's something we're all working towards until someone makes a decision based on what the CDC says or whatever. And we adjust again, you know, but I think mentally for me and people around me, it's just like, okay, great. Then it's just like, you put your head down, you figure out your routine and you go from there. Yeah. Speaking of birthdays, we were up together. A mutual friend had a surprise birthday call today. Our and um, I think he turned 45 mm-hmm. just recently became a U.S. citizen. So they had their Spanish family on the phone and um, on a Zoom chat, and he broke down in tears just seeing everybody together on this chat. And then I started crying here in Wisconsin because I just saw you and Ernesto, and I felt so close to all you guys and like being able to feel connected. What did you think? I totally agree. And I think for me, and I'm also like, as you know, like the, the eternal optimist, right? Is that this including some things that I've wanted to do personally has forced everyone's hands, you know? So whether you talk to people at work or the experience we had with Luis today, today is like, I feel luckily in my circle of friends and family and the people I work with is everyone is just like having these moments of like getting to stay home and hanging out with their kids or their dogs or going for a run in the middle of the day, you know, although they're working and clearing their head, um, and I think everyone's just like so conscious of taking these moments to connect with each other. Um, I mean, I've talked to more people on the phone, which I hate talking on the phone. Right. Um, but it is, I think when some, like when things are taken away from you, it just makes you want them more, you know? And I think yeah. everyone's just doing a really good job of trying to like provide information or if someone's read something that might reduce anxiety or just funny stuff. Right. And I think yeah. just seeing Luis today and, 
in those moments of like around the world. I mean, people are on the phone from here in the US and South America and Spain. I was just like, what a beautiful thing. It was like yeah. a 15 minute of like, yeah, and everyone taking the time and like, how cool is that? And, and we need to do that more. Like, I don't think having more of that is going to hurt anyone, you know, which is but really cool. There's also, I totally agree with you, but there's also another point to be made, which I lived in Germany right after when 9-11 happened and right after 9-11 when they locked down flights for, I think it was just over a month if I remember correctly, but um, I couldn't come home and it was just the weirdest yeah. feeling like you're there, you're living abroad and you're doing it voluntarily and you're having fun. And I was teaching English at the time. It was you know, I was having the time of my life. I had just graduated from college, but um, I, that feeling of not being able to go home. And I know Luis's parents are aging in Spain and the fact that, you know, for him to fly home, I guess he could right now, but probably wouldn't be able to come back. And I don't know, it's just a big risk. And so I feel like you're absolutely right that there's this, some of these positive things. I think I've heard from every friend and just like the best messages. And we all, you know, like you said, have time to connect more. But at the same time, I, I do feel for him that, you know, if he wanted to fly home to see his mom and dad right now, you know, that's not happening. No, and I think it'd be too hard too, because it's also Spain, you know, which is right. one of the hardest hit countries. So it's just like, you know, like, I think you start, yeah, I mean, you have to start having those conversations. And I think to get even deeper is that, you know, sort of skipping ahead is that, if you have a loved one in the hospital, like now they're not letting others go in with them, you know? So, I mean, that's a whole nother level of just like not being able to fly home to see your family willingly, you know, it's just like the state of affairs, which is really hard. Well, I saw one of those ER doctors talking about how just the tragic thing that, you know, they're having to watch patients die alone. And it's just, you know, that's something else. That's a whole different emotional element to this that is really hard to get your head around. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's happening. That's happening to one of my coworkers right now. Like her husband's dad is in ICU. He's been on a ventilator for a week. You know, his mom is quarantined at her house. She can't go to the hospital. And, and the son's like, do I drive to Chicago? Do I not? You know, because I think of that, um, one of my coworkers, Oh no. You know, so it's just like, what do you do? Like, do you just risk it? Because it's like, you don't want to not see your dad. Like you don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, I know you just lived through that. Um, but we're able to be able to be there, you know? So I think I was able to, I don't know. It's just, yeah. And when I think it gets that in person firsthand, losing my dad three weeks ago and we're not able to have a funeral and yeah, to see that firsthand, but being so grateful that I got to be there. I can't imagine people that aren't getting. No. To and I think that, yeah. And I think that gets into too some of the healthcare stuff of like, you know, that I think my brother's dealing with or any of the other doctors is that they're getting into some ethical situations. And we've heard it too. And like, whether it's Spain or Italy is like, they're having to make decisions on who gets to, you know, they have to make a medical decision based on the situation, right? Like if someone's on a ventilator and they're not responding and they're of a certain age or not of a certain age, then at some point you might have to let them go. But the family it may not be involved in that decision because everyone's on a DNR, you know? So it's just like, it's a very uncharted thing across the board. Yeah. And I feel for everyone who's having to make those calls and 
glad that I'm not yeah. in that position. Um, no. <clears throat> yes. All right. Oh, so God, on a lighter top, what? You're, you're, you're slinging luxury appliances. I'm slinging luxury appliances over here. It's a safe world and, for me. And we're doing justice by keeping everyone entertained in the entertainment in the entertainment beautiful business. billboards <laughs> exactly but not the entertainment businesses in like strip clubs <laughs> <laughs> right so tell me about your situation right now are you i know the answer to this but are you self-isolating <laughs> or isolating with someone um yeah so ernesto and i live together so we're isolating together and then his son um who lives in miami was going to come out for spring break but when all this came down ended up coming out a week earlier and now maybe here who knows definitely so yeah so i am self-isolating with ernesto his son diego and daisy and diego is how old 11 and daisy is how old 11 (laughs) in may (laughs) what kind of dog is she uh she's a border collie shepherd mix little sweet old bag little little old girl old girl yeah. Um, so are you, um, like outside of your immediate family or everyone that's living with you? Um, are you meeting anyone like socially? No, not necessarily socially. I think our street that we live on in particular is just social by nature because the houses are so close together. True. So everyone's keeping their distance. I think the kids obviously get a little stir crazy. You know, in the first week, they were like, it was like nothing had changed. And then the second week, you know, like all the parents and everyone's on a group text of like, hey, they probably shouldn't be playing ball. Like, let's sort of limit so it's not just like tackle football in the front yards every night because that doesn't make sense either. Yeah. Um, So now everyone's pretty cool. Like, the kids are out skateboarding in the front yard. And then a lot of times, you know, like I go on dog walks and pick up Jill and Erica for a dog walk, you know, um, and they're probably the ones we see the most. Um, and then everyone else is just like in their front yard, you know, so you see them, but we're, the houses are so close together. You're almost like naturally social distanced anyway, you know, and everyone, even if you gather like in the middle of the street or people run into each other, everyone sort of keeps their space. And, um, but it's also cool. Like the, the group thread, like everyone, you know, gives updates on like local restaurants or shops that, have certain things or, you know, just keeping an eye out if weird stuff's going on, um, just like around the neighborhood, which is, yeah, the community around that street is something really special that you guys have. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's super rare and I think it, it sort of gives you that kind of bubble mentality, you know, cause everyone's so protective of the street, whether we're in a situation or we're not. Um, and then too, like our proximity to the ocean we have so much open space near us, you know, so it provides a different experience than if you're say like in West Hollywood or like downtown LA. So on the news, they show like the beach path kind of cordoned off with police tape. Is that how it is by you? Um, No, there's signs up that say temporary closure. And then I was just down there walking Daisy and there's like cops on horseback making sure people aren't on the bike path, but there's enough grassy area. You know, they're trying to keep, there's a, a few people riding bikes. There's obviously people walking dogs and then others w- working out, but everyone's pretty spread out. Like everyone's out super early in the morning, typically not like mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, but everyone's pretty chill. Like there's absolutely no one on the beach. Like there's a few people walking tonight, but everyone's being respectful and, and trying to like 
you know, do their best. But I think everyone has moments that you're like, like one of the kids just had to go run and jump in the ocean. He's like, I missed it so much. He goes, I just ran and jumped in my clothes and came back home, you know? So I think there's just those natural moments that you feel like you have to have some sort of freedom. One of the things I'm doing to keep myself sane is cooking more. So yeah, you know what you need to, you need to make homemade pasta. And I need to learn, I'll give you a call about that one. Actually, Ernesto's recipes and everything that he's been cooking. So your um, boyfriend, Ernesto, is a wonderful cook. And I've been yes. inspired by so many of the things he's doing to um, yeah, it's, cook more. It's really, well, it's really cool. And he's super creative, you know, and we'll just look in the fridge and come up with stuff. But we have, like, we made my mom's um, dough recipe, like her cinnamon rolls and her crepe And then we found in the house, which, you know, like there's some bonus things that were left from the previous renters. So there's a brand new pasta thing that you like, you make the dough and then you run it through to flatten it out. And then once you run it through like eight or nine times, then you put on the pasta cutter and you can cut like three different types of pasta. It's so easy. You'll never buy pasta again. Oh, wow. And you can make noodles thick enough to do lasagna. So that's why... And it's flour and water. I mean, come on. You, we lived in, you lived in Italy for, <laughs> Sarah, we were making like orecchette on the top of a wine bottle. I know. I mean, I water. know making fresh pasta is easy, but it's also kind of time consuming. And, but I, it's not though. It know? honestly, cause it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to raise. Like you don't have to put yeast in it. It would be, honestly, it would be something really fun to do with Avila. Yeah. We'll have to give that a try. I'm game. Yeah. Yeah, you'll honestly, it doesn't like we whipped up two batches of pasta. It takes maybe 20 or 30 minutes, Matt. So is that thing like an attachment to a mixer or is that a, it's a standalone well, thing? No, I think if you have the KitchenAid mixer, which we don't have, like you can have like the hook thing and then you can have the, the pasta attachment. Um, but this thing, it's called the Imperia. Um, so it's just like a hand crank and you, you make the dough and then you feed it through to sort of like roll it out in really thin sheets mm-hmm. and then ultimately you choose I think we have three choices you can either keep it really thick like wide like lasagna or you can do like fettuccine angel hair pasta and like one other I just need a tagliatelle fresh cooked that's all I need in my life um well what other than cooking with Ernesto what else have you been doing to keep sane during this time um, meditation and yoga. We've been doing, Ernesto and I have been doing a 21 days of abundance meditation that Deepak Chopra put out, I don't know how many years ago. Um, and like, look, I'm very fortunate because he's done Vipassana and like other stuff. So he understands the importance of meditation. And I think he's missed having it, um, in his life. So that's been a really good way for us to start the morning together. And it only takes like 20, maybe 30 minutes max. Um, and then yoga, like it's always been such an important part of my life and keeps me sane regardless of the situation. Um, so I've been doing, um, finally took a class last week and I was like, oh, I should probably take a class instead of trying to do it myself. Um, and then this week I've done yoga every day since Sunday. So doing my own challenge, which I told you earlier, I was like, I almost skipped today. And I was like, oh, I forgot I'm challenging myself on doing <laughs> yoga every day. Um, yeah, I think those two things help. You know, going for a bike ride the other day was really nice. Um, I do have the itch to jump in the ocean, so I might have to do that, like, early Saturday morning. Um, 
Try to evade to the lifeguards. I heard you. there's a fine for getting in the ocean right now. Yeah, I don't know if it's here. Like, that was the rumor. That was the rumor that it might have been implemented more in San Diego. I mean, they might, from what I've heard, because one of our neighbors went out surfing, um, one of the kids, and he talked to him. He's like, yeah, I guess you shouldn't be in here to catch a couple more waves, and then, you know, you need to get out. You know, so I think LA, everyone's like... The LA chill. Yeah, you know, and I, I think, it. again, like, every... And I overheard him talking to his dad. He's like, look, he goes, I was just being respectful. So I asked him like, Hey, I was just surfing for a little bit. I know it's closed. Is that cool? Or do you need me to leave? He's like, no, you know, like you can stay in for a little bit longer, but just, you know, like he was being cool. So the kid was like, okay, I'm going to go catch a couple more waves and I'll get out. Um, cause they get it. I need to be protected. Cause they're just in like board shorts and flip flops. Yeah. You know? So, and I know they don't know exactly everything about how it transmits but it seems doubtful that you're going to catch it in the water in the ocean but what do i know no but i think i'm not a medical professional (laughs) no but if you know like if something happens and someone wipes out on the bike path and it just they just have more interaction with people you know whether um what um so what kind of yoga um been doing love yoga so it's katona based but I also did this breathwork class, which reminds me a lot of the work we did with Psalm, you know, that yeah. gets you really like, it gets in deep to places that you're like, oh, huh, okay, I needed to work that out. I um, emailed her. Thank but, you for sharing that with me. I emailed her and got on her mailing list for the next one. Yeah, it was really good and powerful and just like those needed things. So I think, you know, I think this moment is just because there's such heightened sort of like anxiety and panic regardless, right? Whether it's, regardless, whether it's being in contained spaces with people you love, um, with work, with future finances or the world or your family or whatever, it's just like the whole stress level and how stress can really just do a number on you. And it's just not good. It's not a good yeah, worrying about things thing. that could happen is almost worse than the stuff that happens. It's yeah, totally. Sense. What about you? What have, I know you've been doing a lot of yoga, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Well, I actually opted for a run outside. It was 60 degrees in Madison, Wisconsin today. So a true first day of spring feeling and, and the sun was shining. And, you know, all the golf courses here are still shut down because they shut in the winter and they let the public go into them like as if it's a park. So the golf course in my neighborhood, there's a ton of golf courses all over the place here. And the golf course in my neighborhood um, allows you to even take your dog into the course in the winter. Um, It used to be off leash, but now they kind of want you to have a leash. But today I took Bernie um, onto the golf course and we ran sort of up the big hill on the main fairway and back down and up it and back down. And at the top of the fairway, the second time I went up, people were sitting up there almost like it was a beach and just sitting in the sun. And it wasn't a lot of people. It was like maybe six people. So I sat not too close to anyone and just like soaked yeah. up the sun for a few minutes and it felt lovely. It's been so a long awesome. Day. Yeah. It, it's cool that, that it- mainly daily yoga. And, um, and then when it's really nice and I feel inspired, um, long dog walks and some running. Yeah. So no, I love everyone's getting back into things. There's been a lot of jump roping. I think that's like, <laughs> I think I saw that's like a easy and very effective cardio. So, well, and it's good for your, 
it's good for your brain too. Like that thing that Leslie sent out today, like it's really good for your brain. Yeah. Well, I'm reason. glad you brought that up because, um, as this thing drags on, I think people are going to start running out of things to do at home that keeps them mm-hmm. entertained or interested. And so I hope this continues to be a way that people can get ideas of things they can do. Yeah. Look, I think when you're, when you're sort of, when you're, when your options and resources are limited, it's like people really get creative, which is cool, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, the best is yet to come. our shared check text chain with all of our girls on it. But other than that, what are you doing to keep it light and laugh and have fun? Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. So on Tuesday, the meditation is about being lighthearted and carefree, which was like <laughs> the last thing I was capable of. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think, like, Ernesto is a, a person that's super optimistic and is always, like, really witty and, and is good at lightening the mood, which is great. Um, listening to a lot of music, um, you know, I'm always, like, I'm not good with, like, news or, like, serious programming, whether it's, like, Narcos or docu-series that get really dark and deep you know so I'm always like the rom-com the rom-com angle um I've been reading more like I finished a book that I had started I don't know how long ago and then picked up a second book that I'd started um so that's been a really nice way to wind down at night you know yeah and just have some quiet time and and just use your brain in a different way because I think too we're all on our phones and computers way more than we were before because you're doing zoom chats or Google hangouts or whatever, or just checking what's happening. Um, and then too, like, I think our text threads, you know, like people are good about, we have a really funny group of friends. Yeah. We're very fortunate in that, uh, you know, hence this idea kind of by that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, what about, Oh, what book are you reading? Um, it's by what's is it? Um, I just finished a book called Bearskin, and I can't remember the author. Um, and then this book is—I don't know the name of it—but it's by Elizabeth Gilbert, who did Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, you sent me a book by her recently. I mean, well, last... I think I sent you. Well, I sent you an who I sent oh, you a no, book no, by no. the woman under the Tuscan Sun. Yeah, need a, a book by that author. Yeah, just read that. Is that like Nancy Meyer or something? Read that. Francis Meyer. Francis Meyer. Um, I did read it. It was great. It was great. I already passed. Um, yeah, you got to pay that one for because it's yeah. just such an easy read. Um, yeah, and honestly, I think some of the humor and levity comes from actually talking to people, you know? Um, so Leslie called me this morning to check in, and then we started laughing about, I mean, not laughing. It's a serious situation about the idiot UT students that chartered a plane to Mexico and now forty four of the seventy charter a plane somewhere. Anyways, you UT kids they can are only, like way more oh, I can, than us Wisconsin that, people. I totally knew how all that went down. But the funny thing is, is like they could only charter a plane one way. They took commercial flights back. Yeah. <laughs> so come on, you know, so maybe, one-way ticket to Mexico. Not a bad idea, I don't think. Sometimes. No. So then you just have that moment of like, ah, uh, kids are. So, and then I was like, oh, what's the saying? Like youth is wasted or youth is wasted on the young. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, you get it. Like you're in college, you're like, feel invincible. You go to Mexico with 70 of your closest friends. Yeah. You heard this you old, make it. old people. So who cares? Right. 
until now, like now it's getting younger, right? And then you drink your face off, tequila doesn't kill coronavirus, and then you take commercial flights back, and now 44 of y'all have coronavirus. At least like, that's tested now and proven that tequila doesn't kill coronavirus. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Their trip was important uh, to, to research. Yes, exactly. A scientific. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree with yeah. you. You kind of have to laugh at some point. So at the start of this, you told me that some of your family are on the front lines, like your brother. Um, you, so you personally know people who've been fighting it. Do you know anyone who has had it personally yet? No, it's been more like two degrees of separation. So like my coworkers, husband's dad, my neighbor's baby daddy has it. Um, another neighbor's friend has it. So it hasn't gotten to anyone like in my inner circle, you know, which hopefully that'll stay true. Yeah. So it's more of just like friends of friends or people in the, you know, the second, second layer. Got it. So what about you? Um, potentially a friend of mine from high school, um, in the last, uh, he had tried to get tested. He's been quarantined in his basement for two weeks um, his wife and two small kids are upstairs and, um, mm-hmm. he's fairly sure he has it, but because he's only 40, um, he, they did not test him. I guess he tried a couple of times to get tested. He's fairly sure he has it. Um, yeah. they refused to test him. So I guess we'll never know if he had it or not. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, painful, pretty brutal. Well, I mean, I talked, talked to one of my coworkers today and his neighbor, which his neighbor is like, can I get your Wi-Fi password? And Andrew's like, yeah, is everything okay? He goes, oh, I just got back from Cedars. I have coronavirus. And I'm quarantined. And like one of like my coworkers' neighbors. Oh my gosh. But he, same thing. Like he's 35, was in Cedars for four days, shortness, shortness of breath. And then they released him because he, luckily he didn't have to get put on a ventilator or anything. And now he's just home recovering. But he was still so hospitalized for four days. Yeah. At 35. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Cause it seems like it's such a, it's a, it's so unpredictable. Like it's just, but then you read about these awesome 102 year olds that survived Hitler, the Holocaust, all the wars, polio, coronavirus, and they're still rocking it. Ebola. You know, so. Yeah. Ebola. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so who knows? All right. Well, I would like to wrap this up by my end segment, which I'm calling my oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay segment (laughs) after my three-year-old daughter who says, oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay, whenever she's excited about anything. Um, So what are you most grateful for at this time? You know, I think it's some things I've been wanting to put in place personally, like staying home more and baking and Daniel Bross, of course, Um, into like just seeing seeing really like the love and support that everyone's giving each other. Like I'm so grateful for Ernesto. And I think like his point of view is, you know, he's from Venezuela. So he had a moment in the beginning. He's like, I love when people with first world problems are having a panic, you know, he's like, try growing up in a third world country. Like this is nothing. Like you still have electricity. You can go to the grocery store. There's food. You still have um, gas, you know? And I was like, okay. Like, I think you just have, you keep, I think, I just keep having those moments of just trying to find like the grace and the beauty in the whole situation. 
um, and limiting the moments of like overwhelmedness because it's true. Like the, the meditation this morning was this too shall pass, you know? So I think between that and, and having like being near the ocean and that whole, like I just hear Psalm in my head of like the oceans, they come like the waves come in and they go out and they come in and they go out. And that's just, that's how it is. And you accept it and you never question it. Um, I miss yeah, that so I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think I'm, it's just, I think it's an exciting, you know, hopefully there'll be more good that comes out of this than not. Like hopefully the earth's getting a break and can have some recovery. Um, hopefully people are reconnecting in a deep way, anyone that's, that's challenged or on the lower socioeconomic realm of things isn't completely being decimated and, you know, like neighbors and everyone else are helping them out. So I, I don't know. I think that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is just that there's more positive. I feel that's happening in people's lives than not. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Sarah. Thank you for your time. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> All right. Love you. I love you too. You're the best. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. Join us next episode when we talk with Dr. J.B. Foshi in Dallas, Texas. As a dermatologist, she's not on the front lines of this emergency. However, she works in a hospital setting and she has some really touching stories to share about how she's helping people and how she is proceeding to keep her business open at this tough time. On that note, we will wrap up today's networking session. For topics we discussed and some links to products, shows, books, or articles mentioned, visit our website, sarahbrass.com. Be well and check in on your people. Even a simple phone call can make all the difference right now. Much love. Bye-bye.